Hello and welcome to the new series of Taker Points. Uh, my name is Ronan Scott. Football has returned, the league is back, um, and so it's time for us to start talking about all the big issues that have happened. In the first episode, my special guest is Gary Adams, and we're going to discuss everything that's happened so far in the first two rounds. So, Gary, let's start with Antrim. Uh, Antrim have played two games. They, they open with a win, good win, but at the weekend there, beat by Sligo by a point. Um, what is your take on those first two games? Frustrated, disappointed, is it expected, or how do you feel about them? I was up at the first match against Waxford, up at Glen Avey, and Antrim were, very, Antrim were very good that day. I thought Waxford were very poor, very open at the back, but Antrim showed really, really good form. Uh, Paddy Cunningham, which is the big story coming back, obviously, you know, was back to his, his free-taking duties and he scored a few from play as well. So Antrim looked very lively, looked very lively going forward in particular. So I was a wee bit surprised when they, I know going wasn't an easy task, but I was a bit surprised, knew it would have been close, but I was a bit surprised that Antrim maybe didn't, didn't get a draw. And apparently there's a bit of controversy that, that when Paddy scored the, his last point, there was meant to be out of time, but they were beat by a point. So obviously Division 4 is a little bit different than the other divisions. You have to nearly win every game in that division to, to you know, give yourself a chance to escape. So it's a bit of a setback for Lenny, but it's still within his grasp if he obviously wins the rest of his games. But a, a draw would have been actually been perfect for him to set him up for the rest of the games. Last year was really frustrating. Beating, getting beat by Derry in the first game, and I know I spoke to loads of players last year, and they all said that Derry game they really felt they could have won it. Like plenty of them thought that. Um, and this year they got started out with a good win. But the team feels like it's stronger this year. Do you think it's the team, the squad, is stronger this year than it is last year? Yeah, I think like every modern county team, you know, at Division Three or Four, like you know, every every manager says and knows there's other players who maybe don't commit for whatever reason. But this this panel's stronger. Uh, it has lost big, big names like uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick and it's lost Ryan Murray. It's two of the big, big names from last year, big scores, and they're, they're massive losses. But they've brought Paddy in. Tomas McCann's back, but he's injured and will be hopefully in by the end of, end of January, start of February. So he'll be a, a massive addition to getting out of Division 4. The last time we got out of Division 4, Tomas was a major contributor to that. So when he comes back, it'll be a big bonus. But Lanny has got back a couple of good players. There's a couple of younger players coming through who are who are pretty good. So the panel is better, definitely. Uh, and again, just after the, the initial start, it's just disappointing we didn't get two wins in a row, or at least at least a draw in the Sligo game. What can you tell us about some of those newer guys? Like Mark Jordan, he's, wouldn't he be one of the newer players on the squad? Yeah, well, Andrew had a, had a brilliant championship last year. Uh, I was taking St John's. It wasn't a brilliant championship for us. But for the likes of Portland Owen, for the likes of Lav Yarrog and Cargan, who were the winners, uh, it was a very, very tight championship. Mark Jordan was one of the, one of the main players. A couple of those Portland Owen guys coming through. Now the largest is a smashing footballer. Dermot Magalise is carrying an injury at the moment. He should be coming back to the panel. Uh, and should, be, should have been a county player for the last three or four years and will be for the next five or six years. So there's good players coming back. Uh, you still, as I say, you'll definitely miss the likes of Fitzy and Ran. Uh, Peter Healy's back. He was a massive loss from last year. And he, him coming in actually frees McBride to go up a bit further up the pitch, hopefully, uh, as a forward. You know, so there's, there's a good structure there. Obviously, Dakin Lynch is in as a second year as, as captain. But there's a good structure there. Uh, and... And they're set up. It's just obviously just the need to, to push on and, and get the vital scores. Is it a down to scores? Is that where the X factor they need to get to improve this year? Well, I think it would be great if you had to brought Paddy back, Tomas fit. 
you could have Dermagalise on there, you could bring, you know, if you had Ryan, if it's in the mix too, then you'd have a very, very, you know, good forward line. And there is a good forward line there, but, you know, the strength and depth mightn't be as, as good as it was in previous years, you know. And what Lenny's had to do, which he probably didn't want to do in his third year, is basically not reinvent the whole team, but have to make major changes. Because the likes of Paddy McCormick, who's a smashing player from Money Glass, he also. Uh, left the panel for for whatever reason it was that, that that he decided. You know that's another guy who was one of the best players last year, even against Throne. He did very well in the Ulster Championship. So if these players and this is a thing with Antrim, it was it was there when myself and Frankfurt Simmons were managers. We got we got Antrim out of Division Four. The very next year we lost vital players in the Division Three campaign and we had to reinvent ourselves. So it's, it seems to be that this rein, reinvention year on year has its wee bit of a knock on effect. That if you had all the players all the time, then you might be getting out of four and playing better football in three, and then have obviously looking to push on the Ulster Championship. That is that an Antrim phenomenon then? That that's the that only happens there that that has to keep on reinventing players moving in and out because of soccer or whatever. I think it happens in every county. I think we were talking to any any you know manager, any any supporter will say like I was I was in down uh, with with Eamon Burns, God rest him, you know, for the year, and you know I know Eamon was meeting players from Kilku who are bringing club players and who just for whatever reasons wouldn't commit to uh, down. Paddy Talley's brought a few of these boys back and it's great to see like sort of Jerome Johnson and Ryan Johnson, Paul Devlin back playing, playing straight after getting beat you know, in an All-Ireland club final. So the thing with Antrim is that we've lost Fitzy to, 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 to soccer. You know, Fitzy played for Belfast Celtic in the off-season and there's a financial gain there to be, to be got and then obviously he was, because he's that good, he was you know, he was then scouted by other teams so he's now playing for Coleraine and you know, it's a good move for him. It's not a good move for Antrim and it's not a good move for St John's. It happens often, doesn't it? Bam Neeson was well, didn't he go to the soccer as well? It's, yeah. It seems like these guys, they, it's the, it, the money is a lure for them as well, but perhaps the you know the re more regular games and regular matches. I know Bam said he liked the fact that he was playing every week and there, there's a more structured way of playing and training and stuff, whereas get a football you could be training flat out and not playing any much. Yeah, I think that's the point, isn't it? You nearly train too many too much, you know, too many times for a lack of games where where the football, the soccer is, you know, week week on. Uh, and like Bam Neeson was, was St John's third highest score last year in the league and championship and he only played a handful of games. So, you know, it just shows you the contribution he can make if he and he misses it, you know you know when he comes back he's missing it. But also when it came it comes to some of the bigger games when he hasn't been playing as much football as the rest of the boys, it does have an effect. You know, uh, so there is there is that lure in Belfast now. There's a lot of local uh, soccer teams that you know that boys can play for in the off season. Off season, there's a lot of St John's guys in the off season actually played for Belfast Celtic who have never played soccer before. So there's there's these teams now that are developing within within West Belfast and and South Belfast and North Belfast as well. Obviously, you know, and there's that lure now, which to be honest, wasn't as you always had your one or two boys playing playing soccer as well as playing Gaelic football, but it seems to be a bit more now than it used to be. That probably leads us into, we can sideline the league stuff for the moment, just to focus on that Belfast issue because Gaelfast happened there uh, recently last year. Um, um, it's been brought in, they want to help clubs to, uh, to get the players from primary schools and then lead on to help them build their, build them up, become stronger. Uh, would, will that be able to um, challenge the soccer dominance in the city or do you think uh, Gilfast will help at all? Or No, definitely I think it will and I think uh, 
they have the right man at the helm. I think Paul Donnelly is is the man to lead it. Uh, he's comes in. He's very very open to any you know innovations. And the thing about him is he's got he's totally honest and he's got the right he's got the right view and he's looking for the right thing. Uh, and that he's trying to get as many of our of our kids involved in Gaelic games. I don't know if I would say there's a soccer dominance. I think there's always been there's always been a soccer. You know, there's there's kids who come even at St John's and they, they do their Gaelic football on a Saturday or their whatever their their camogie and then they may go and play on a Sunday for for whatever their local soccer team is. Uh, but I think what we need to do is especially and I, like I'm a, I'm seen as a football man, but. Uh, in, in St John's and even in Rathmore, the school I teach in now, there's a big onus now on developing hurling. We're developing hurling in the city and football is a major, major, uh, you know, objective for Paul and his and his team. And what I would like, you know, for the next five or six or seven, even ten years, is that we have a, a greater influx of kids coming in who are not just proficient in, in Gaelic games or soccer, but they're proficient in just normal movement and the ability to, to coordinate their movements and whatever sports activities we do. So yes, it's important for me to have them in playing Gaelic games, but we would actually like kids coming in to us, boys and girls, who are you know able to move and able to understand the, the importance of being active. How do you improve? hurling in the city. One of the arguments that I hear from club players and club managers is, is that the clash of fixtures with hurling and football happens regularly in the county and it, sometimes they don't understand why you could be playing a football match on a Friday yeah. and then you're hurling on a Sunday, you know, and this is for dual clubs. Well, like Alexa yeah. Rossa and yourselves would yeah. probably have that issue. Well, we had, like, even there's another person that actually left out, like Stephen Beatty, he's a smashing footballer from Rossa, uh, and he used to be more of a hurler. And myself and Frank brought him in a couple of years ago and he stayed with the footballers. Now he's playing, he's playing a bit of soccer, so we've got this, this triangular thing going on. Last year we were hit big time. Last year, St John's, we're, we're a dual club, Ross are a dual club. There's other dual clubs there too, but St John's last year were Division 1, both football and hurling. And we played Portland Own in a championship game up in a hoggle. And we had to play Cushion Dahl in an Antrim semi final. And our match was basically the next week. It meant our hurlers didn't get the right preparation. And we honestly had 10 players who would have been playing both codes. Uh, it came to the replay, and we ended up, we couldn't play Connor Johnson, who's one of our better players, because we ended up playing on a, on a, a 4G surface. You know, so this is the this is the thing. You talk about player welfare and player burnout. That's something that needs to be ironed out from the start. It shouldn't be a debate between myself or the other whoever the hurling manager is. It needs to be done at county level where we're given enough rest for teams, especially for our dual players. I think our dual players need to be cherished. I think there's still room for people to play both both sports. My biggest regret is, and I get a lot of stick about it in St John's, is I, I stopped playing hurling when I was about nineteen twenty, <laughs> and there's all various reasons for that, but. I know the true story, but I, I still I still get stuck over it, and it's something I, I regret because I actually was probably up until I made the county team when I was about nineteen. It's probably more more of a hurling man than a footballer, and very few, very few people remember that. And are you going to tell us the re true story? No, that's just I'll stay. I'll just stick <laughs> that one. <laughs> and sure, Slatnail proved that you can be a dual club. You know, Slatnail compete at the All Ireland level in hurling and football. Um, Perhaps the argument there is they're not getting as much competition in hurling yeah. as as you as Antrim teams perhaps might be. 
No, that's that is an argument, uh, and especially like with St John's, who you're you're going to get Dunloy or or Cushendall or you know one of these top teams uh, straight away in the semi final. And the way we have been working until this year was that we, we were regularly getting the semi finals of the championships. Uh, this year, as I say, Portland you know came out of the blue and they were a very young team and did very very well, and they beat us and they and they beat us they beat us well, uh, and they were the better team. And I'd only give our hurlers then basically. You know, they had a couple of days recovery, and they had one session before we played Cushendall in the in the semi final. That match also was a draw. So now with these these the modern games, there's so many draws that also has to be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. And then sure, we had Portland Owen and Laviard playing three matches. You know, and we had the the whole thing where we we had Cairn, our our, our county chairman, turn or calling the game before the lights went off the dub. You know, so we have these these mad things that happen. GAA, which people from outside probably go to themselves like, what the hell is going on there? You know. That was the, one of the craziest stories last year about what we took from it on this show when we were talking about it, myself and Kyle, was that Antrim had a smashing championship that year that was so yeah. good, so strong. Um, but do you think it was the same strength at the, at the hurling side? Do you think it's still... I think definitely when you get to that top four level, like and I go going to watch all the, the St John's matches, like there's this tremendous, the hurling championship's tremendous, it's brilliant. Uh, especially when you're up in Dunloy and Ballycastle playing those matches, you, you couldn't beat it. And some that needs to be needs to be pushed. Russell hopefully come back into the frame and uh, you know all these other teams that, that are pushing. But it needs to be, and I think we're, we're going back to the Gilfast thing, I think it needs to be done at, at primary school level. Where we're bringing bringing these kids through with a love for hurling and football at a young level and camogie and ladies football. You know, one of the biggest growing developments in Belfast at the moment would be ladies football, and it's absolutely massive. And in St John's, we struggle at times for our camogues to, to make numbers, but our ladies footballers are, are massive, and that's the same in a lot of a lot of clubs in in, in West Belfast. Yeah, St Paul's were successful recently. They had a great team, but yeah. took it very bad losing that you know that All Ireland match. No, definitely. And like five, six years ago, maybe just slightly more, there, were, there only was basically St Paul, St Gauls, and maybe Money Glass. And now you have all the other clubs now that are playing very slowly, but they're playing catch up, you know, where we have decent teams coming through. Uh, my daughter was part of a, an Antrim team that won the Ulster A on their 14 Ladies Championship last year, which is, which is the first time that's been done. And on you know playing teams like Dublin and, and Tyrone and teams like that, you know, and, and beating them, which was, which was great. You know. So perhaps we would be a bit too male focused in the fact that we think things are in a bad way with football and hurling. But in, if you look at it from from the women's perspective, it's going well. It's no, going definitely, right yeah, yeah. And like what what we have done in St John's, and it's a very I think it's a very important thing is that our footballers stay behind for Camogie and you know we're trying to amalgamate that approach where it's a dual dual approach. There we go on the same day. You don't have kids. Every every school I seem to be involved in, and every team I'm involved in seems to be a dual school. So that's in Louis Balamina with serious emphasis on, on the four sports, uh, all the GA sports. So we had to make room for the hurlers, for the footballers, for the ladies footballers for Camogie and trying to balance that where you're not you don't have them out five or six days a week after school plus what they do with their clubs. You know, and it's the same in Rathmore, it's the same as in John. So you're just trying to trying to make their time, you know, where where they're getting their coaching, but they're getting a lot of fundamentals as well. well one of the issues that the ladies footballers would have is they never get this equal crack of the whip as the men do. They don't get the same amount of coverage, same amount of TV, same amount of press coverage. Um, do you find that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even this this year, like I'm actually, when I leave here, I have to go on, I never thought I'd ever do this, but I have to go on coaching under 16 St. John's Guards team. 
football, you know, and I'm just giving a hand, like, but it's uh, it's one of those things you do as a follower, you go in and you give a hand, and again, you'll have, I'll go up here and there'll be 25 guards training for the under-16s, there'll be another 30 guards training for the minor team, so that that idea that, that it's actually keeping the whole spirit of the GA alive, but the guards now, and it's in every sport, it's not just, yeah, it's not just Gaelic football, mm -hmm. you know, you can see all these sports lifting, that, that female profiles are lifting, and, and the media is changing, and all these different, you know, we've now got a lot of role models here, females, and that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Before we move on from Belfast and Antrim, I wanted to ask you about the schools and the role that schools play in improving football, hurling, Kogi ladies football in Antrim. How, how important, do they, what, what role do they play? You know, when I talk to teams, every time I talk, whatever team I'm talking to and playing, you know, whatever level we're playing, I tell my pupils that your school football is the best level of football you play. So if that's A, McCrory, B, McLaren, C, Markey, or Aim again, our, our casement hurling. You know that's that's a better level that you're going to play in Antrim at the moment, and you're going to bring this back to your club. So you're bringing whatever you learn in school with good coaching and with good matches against the elite of Ulster. You're going to bring this back, and all the challenge games you play, and all the all the teams you'll face. You know, because what happens is there's you know everybody knows each other in Belfast. You play teams know each other, and they, they get to know each other. Where you're taking these kids out of their comfort zone. So in my opinion, it's a level above. And they bring it back to their clubs and hopefully improve improve their clubs. Like even the St. Ball the St. Louis Ballamina the team who won them again, there were six or seven lads from Dunloy in that team. You know, here and I playing County Hurling. Tienes McNaughton was in that team, who was from Lockheed, you know, so they're and they're playing County Hurling. So that was the that was the jump. They won fifth year, they won the Kirk Cup, lower six, they won the Casement Cup and then they won them again. So it was that was a brilliant progression that St. Louis did for them and I think that brought them through and got them ready for, for the county level. In Rathmore and in Belfast uh, there's this there's this idea where I'm trying to lift the profile of GAA, but I'm aware that there's other sports in the school, and we have to keep all the other sports flourishing. Uh, there's lots of basketball players, lots of soccer, football players. So you know it's keeping it's keeping the boys going at, at all levels. This year I took a, a senior marketing team, and we had 35 boys training from start to finish. We have 45 girls. Our training at the minute for under 14 ladies football. We've got camogie going, so we're just trying to lift the whole profile because I think. Principals know. I think that, that senior teachers know that, that the GAA, when you because of the amount of training we do, and maybe there is too much, but because you, you create a tradition, you create a routine that they know you have to come in and work hard. And they, you know, we do early morning sessions, we do sessions at lunchtime, we do you know strength and conditioning sessions. You're, you're you're prepping them for 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 later on. And there was actually an interesting article uh, with Lanny. Uh, Lanny Harbison talking about the need to get more Antrim schools and Belfast schools involved in playing McCrory and as, a, as somebody who's that's been my major push for years it's easier said than done and what we might need to do and I was uh, I'm probably going back and what I've told other people privately because I was I'm against amalgamations but all these other schools other counties are amalgamating at times to, to get teams to play at a higher level. So when it happens in Derry where there's some schools that actually amalgamate with other schools to play at a higher level and in Antrim, we're the weakest county. You know, Belfast has that that much going on, and sometimes there isn't a, a directive towards GAA. But if maybe in Belfast or or in Antrim, we could get an amalgamation of schools to go and play McCrory, maybe you, know, you could pick you could pick St. Louis, Ballymena, you could pick Rathmore, you could pick some Malachies, you could pick the Salle, you could pick some Marys, and you know, depending on where you're playing, if we're playing C, we could pick five. You know, the likes of Samaritans could pick six or seven, and we pick a panel of thirty, and we go and we try and play against the best, the best in Ulster. You know, maybe that would be a good experience for, for the for for the boys. Uh, you know, to play, and yet they still play for their schools and whatever level they're at. 
So I've, I've said before that amalgamations aren't great, but maybe for Antrim or for Belfast or in general it could be better. It's a controversial thing to say, particularly with last year and the year before when Andun played in the McGeehan yeah. Cup. There was a lot of pushback from school, maybe not publicly, like, but they did. I knew they weren't happy with Andun playing in it because they just felt they had a, an advantage, you know, yeah. and, and what, what, what it was more about taking care of the county team rather than the schools, so the, the school players were missing out. Yeah, it, That whole thing was just to help down. Yeah, no, definitely, I think, and that, that was a very good, very good down team which played in that, that under, that under 50, whatever league that is, the, is the Celtic, Celtic Cup. the Celtic Cup, and I know a lot of the, the, the boys in, in St. Louis and Rathmore who would have played against that team. Uh, like, Rathmore this year had one county player, you know, St. Louis have four, so there's the Two of the bigger schools, the Murrays, would have three or four. So we're not we're not taking the best, you know, from 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 Antrim. You're taking a wee core of Antrim players and maybe giving them a better experience. So as I said, yeah, I'm probably going back on what I've said to other people about it. But I'm just trying to think. And it's just what it resonated with what Lenny said to me. Is there a way to get these boys to be playing McCrory? I'm pushing my teams next year to McLaren because I think we're good enough and we mightn't win it, but we compete. Uh, so that's, that's, that's our aim in Rathmore. But if we could actually then, if I had a team good enough to play Macquarie, we'd play. But is there another way to do it? I don't know. Short term, it's better if the players are playing in the Macquarie Cup. But what about long term, like, you know, maybe five, ten years time with Gale Fast Works? Could Rathmore be playing Macquarie Cup? Like, and could all, like the Sal and all that, yeah. could they all be playing Macquarie well, that's Cup? What, that's what my conversations with Paul Donnelly have been, you know, so far, yes. It's about, it's about participation at that level, but then hopefully the Kiel Files will push, which it already has, into the secondary level. And, you know, and we'll have that, that progression through. And, and like, like, if I had the players there, if whoever, whoever comes after me, and it may be a ten-year, a ten-year wait, but if we have the players there for Macquarie, you know, there'd be no problem. Like, yeah, we have a, as I say, Rathmore has a, a third and fourth-year team at the minute who would definitely play McLaren. But if we, if, if I think we're good enough to play Macquarie by the time we're, we're lower upper sixth, I'll, I'll put those boys in. There's, there's, there's no problem with that. Uh, uh, the whole idea of amalgamating teams is something that, that can be done very wishy-washy, and I'm aware of that. And I would need somebody really, really good at the centre of it. There are some amalgamations already, and it doesn't always work. It's something that, you know, as I've said before, it's something I don't always necessarily agree with. But Antrim is the weakest county at the moment. You know, we're the only team in Division 4. Belfast has gone through a transition uh, where, yes, hopefully over the next number of years we'll have growth, but that'll take a while. Yeah. What about pushback to schools? One of the issues in other counties is that. Um Clubs aren't too happy about sending their lads off to play Macquarie Cup, but this, like particularly around Christmas time, whenever the balls is on, they yeah. want their players to play in the balls tournament, but the lads have to go play Macquarie Cup. Yeah, we could have we could have this discussion coming. The whole idea, the GA calendar could probably take up this whole discussion, mm -hmm. you know. And that then we're Antrim anyway. We start under twenty football, under twenty one football in the middle of the campaign as well. So you've got you know, your minor going, and a lot of these kids are still are, play the level up as well. So you're you're trying to. I remember when I started off for St. Louis, and we were just playing McLaren, like the, the, whatever way the season seemed to work. You know, it was before we had any success, and then all of a sudden, Dunloy were hitting those minor matches, and we were losing players. We had to basically just say to them, "But you go with your club, and then when you come back, you know, we, we'll take you after the matches." Because the way it was, that you actually qualified quite early, and and the McLaren, and then you had a big break until January, February. Now they've condensed that a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the maybe the thing to do would be to have a good look at an overview, you know, because you, you don't want boys playing minor football, playing for their clubs, playing, and well, we actually lost two players during pre-season. You know, so they're they're in championship phase for their schools, 
yet they're training pre-season for their clubs. So where does it where does it lie? And I'm I'm telling them, and hopefully they're listening to me. You know, this is this is more important at the minute. And you bring us back to the club, but then you've got your, your club manager saying, listen, this is more important, your club is more important. So there's, you know, kids shouldn't have this, this, this thing, you know. Like there's club players in St John's and other clubs who play all year round. You know, we're, the, we're an amateur sport, we have people playing, you know, and they're getting two weeks rest. You know, in the, in the year, if I'm a professional footballer, if I'm an American footballer, my, my season's condensed and I know exactly when I'm playing, I know exactly what rest period I get. Mm -hmm. uh, so some really needs to be done about the GAA calendar. I'm, <laughs> there's loads of, loads of ways it needs fixed, but it would take a, a massive debate there. And they've been talking about it for years and they, st they yeah. still can't get it right. But you, so, at the, so to, to conclude then for that point, you, um, you're optimistic about the future for Antrim in terms of the schools with Gail Foster, Happy World, Paul Donnelly's doing, and you think perhaps maybe Macquarie, Capat, or at schools level they can look at amalgamations, perhaps. To yeah, I mean, I think also it can't be a, it can't be you know a short a short phase thing. Paul Donnelly or whoever comes after Paul it needs to be a ten year, twenty year thing where you're you're constantly pushing you know towards these things, and we need without without making on to the, you know we need a we need a centre of excellence, and our centre of excellence was always always casement. Casement Park is in the middle of West Belfast and it was always a place that I love playing and you'll hear this from everybody like you you'll hear this from loads of people that it was a great place was all my school matches were played there under 21 minor championships were played there so not only even for the county but for for your club and for your for your school matches it was a it was a great place to have you know it's something that needs to be that be well, hopefully it is being rectified at the moment it looks like it's very very close yeah. it doesn't it like every all the politicians up there are desperate to be the ones to yeah hopefully anyway but uh no it's definitely it's definitely required whatever way to do it it's definitely you know it's uh, it's it's always been in it, my it's such a so odd that you got so used to going to casement, like uh, you know, he, he just loved going up. I know dairy people who loved actually going yeah. to casement, maybe more than going up to dairy because it was closer. Oh, definitely. You know, and um, you just got so used to it being there, and it was always going to be there. And you, the, the matches are great and great days, you know, no, big and even small crowds. For, it was yeah. good, you know. It's just so handy. Um, and then when it disappears, you just totally took it for granted. Yeah, and you have got that generation of players like who haven't played there. You know, you're. Like Sir Paddy McBride, who played there when he was 19, he's now 26. You know, Ram Murray, 19, he's now 26. Fitzy never played there, you know, at, at county level. But it's always not, it's not, it's not always that, that level we're thinking of. As you say, like we were, we're, we're looking around the county for, for, you know, a facility to play, you know, a replay. And we have no lights except for two or three clubs. You know, you go and you watch a, a match at the minute, and Curdigan Park is getting done up, which is great and it's brilliant. But you go and watch a match, you know, you know. If you're going in a wheelchair, you know every every club in Antrim is up a hill. Yeah. You know, you, you know, obviously, likes of Craig, and you can go up into their stand, things like that. But you know, it's only a small thing. You know, so again, we're we're behind in many ways. But hopefully, over the next next you know five, ten, fifteen years, we start catching up with the rest of the counties. Just just finally uh, to, to chat about Corrigan Park last season and the season before that, I can remember going to games where there was a super atmosphere in Corrigan Park. Yeah. It's quite neat, you know, and when you can only get a couple of thousand in it, but there was that, those qualifier games. That atmosphere uh, was magic, like and uh, and club matches were very good. You know, the the intermediate finals and that you do get a good atmosphere in no, that definitely. smaller venue, like, and if there was a better better state, uh, seat in there, it would yeah. it'd be fantastic. No, definitely, and even even Glen Avery, you get you get a good atmosphere there. But once they get the, and I saw pictures today of, of the the hill which we used to train on, which is great. It's away because we used to run up and down it about a million times. So that's away. We've got fond memories of that. But 
and the old stand is now getting done. And, and it's very like Margaret's Park, you know, basically one side, you know, it's nearly the exact same size of, of a pitch. And it, there's, it's nice we call them, like you've got, you've got Bala Murphy in the background, you've got Spring Hill here, you've got White Rock there, so it's a wee enclave of, mm -hmm. and there, if you do get a good team there and a championship match there, you'll get a lot of noise, you know. And then when you get casement done, obviously, we can, we can move it on to there. Yeah, so for the smaller games, for the the boutique atmosphere yeah, no, is quite definitely, important definitely. for the big days. It's, yeah, it's yeah, 100%. Okay, so just to, let's move on. Just before we go, uh, we have to just talk about the league and just just quickly, um, which Ulster teams in the, after the first two rounds have impressed you the most? Down and Donegal because they're 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 100 with a with two wins and a draw each. So uh, I think Paddy Talley would be particularly happy. You know, we we'll have this idea of 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 trying to get into Division Three now. Obviously the you know, to cement a, a top level place in the championship. So uh, I think I'm beating Derry also, you know, would be would be a very good win for them. Donegal gave me a bit of a, a hammer and Donegal have that in their in their locker. So those two teams in particular are, are flying at the minute. It's early days, you know, we're we're two two games in and, you know, there's gonna be a lot. I think it was Kieran McGinney said today, these teams in Division 1 and 2 or 2 and 3 anyway, we'll start taking points off each other. So it's about every score counts. He actually made the point, I think, that uh, like they've been down twice on point difference. So even if you're getting beat, it's important you don't get beat by that much. So those two teams in particular. Armagh, you know, went from a bring-up win the first day and then were probably surprisingly beat, beat yesterday by, by Leash. So it seems to be the rest of the teams are in a bit of limbo. You know, uh, and I think it's Derry or, or obviously only have one point out of a potential four, so they're they're at the other side of it. You know, when they probably would have been looking to push on. Those results with the likes of Armagh um, not getting maybe the results we expected is that to do with them not being just ready yet, or is it just or to do with the how competitive those leagues are? I think it's a mixture of both. Uh, Armagh seem to be coming. And like you know, and on under under Kerry McGinley, they do very well. And then that league match last last or last week, their first win, they, they were flying. And you know, you just thought they were going to take off and, and keep this going. But then it just shows you the the league at the minute is so up and down. But it is very tight. When I was in, we're down there a number of years ago, and even when I was in Marantrum, uh Division Three, you know, all the matches were like our man beat us by a couple of points. We lost matches by a point. We get relegated in the last day because we drew a match with Longford. So all these matches are very very tight. So. Apart from Division 4, you can still survive and you can still push up, maybe losing the game or two, which I think Armagh will do, you know, as long as you take your defeat and then push on. Every, I think every team always has one way defeat. There's obviously Tyrone, you know, where we're, we're beat by Monaghan. And again, I think that was Banty's second time that he's beaten, beaten Tyrone in, his, in, a, in a long and obviously illustrious career, so it just shows you. And again, Mickey Hart doesn't take defeats easy, so and you've Kevin, Kevin Madden in there, he's a good friend of mine too, so they'll be working on the next match trying to get points. So, you know, it's all, all to play for, early days, uh, and all the teams are still in the mix. Just to run through it then, so you reckon then the Donegal, Tyrone, Monaghan could be safe in Division 1? Yeah. Uh, Armagh might still push for a promotion, and maybe Fermanagh get me close? Yeah, I think those three teams are a different level, and also they're a different level. I think, I think, uh, you know, you've got Tyrone, Monaghan, and obviously Donegal. Donegal on their day are again just, you know, you have, we have obviously we've got Dublin and we've got Kerry at the moment, and we've got these three teams that you're hoping will will push them all the way, and they're the three that that, that I think can, they could do it, uh, and I think they'll end up hopefully safe in Division One. Fermanagh had a had a good win 
where they they beat Roscommon by by a point. So that was a, that was a great two points for McManaman. So that's a, that's a good bonus for him. So you know these these teams are still to play for it. I think Armagh and I, I for some reason I have a I have a legend for the longevity of of Kieran McGinney staying there. So I'd love to see them doing well. I'd like to see them pushing on. I'd like to see them pushing on and playing with the bigger boys to see if they would cope. Because uh, you like to see a manager get a better time. To yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Like you know, even when I myself and Frankfurt Simmons left uh, Antrim, you know, you could have left on a sour note. But I, I was saying, whoever replaces us, you need to give them time. Lenny needs time. You know, you need you need time to develop the players that are, that are there. And and Kim McGinney's had time, and there has been obviously massive improvements. And he's starting to get the team around to the way that, that he's thinking. But again, that's a setback. It's how he reacts from it, obviously. And final word, Antrim. Promotion? Can they do it? I think they can. I think that that was a serious setback on the Sligo. Hopefully, they get Tomas McCann back as soon as they can. I think they've they've got good players coming back. You know, uh, I see they took Paddy McBride off at half time, so maybe. And, and I was watching Paddy against Wexford, and he wasn't his usual self. Uh, so I'm hoping he can lift this because if he lifts it and the rest of them lift it, it's good to have Paddy Cunningham back. So I hope they do. The next match is obviously imperative. If, if they lose the next match, they're going to be in serious trouble. But I think the rest, I'm not sure exactly who it is, but I think the rest of the matches, they've got more home matches now, which is a, which is a big advantage. Great. Thanks very much for joining no us. Problem. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for your time. No problem.